want to invite you to just pray this prayer to say, Jesus, speak to me today. <clears throat> maybe you've never trusted Christ. Maybe you're seeking. Maybe you're considering what Christ can really do if he is truly the God of the universe. I want to ask you to just open your heart and say, Jesus, speak to me today. Maybe you're here today and you're just struggling. Uh, you are without hope. Things are dark in your life. I want to invite you to just ask Jesus to speak to you. Maybe you've become complacent. Uh, maybe life has become dull or too much to handle, so you've checked out. I want to invite you to cry out to Jesus today. I want you to recognize your need and say, Jesus, I, I need you. I, I need you to come to my rescue. I, I need you to work in my life. I, I am stagnant. I'm stale. Maybe I'm without hope. Whatever your condition may be. And I want to ask you to really listen to his, to his spirit and be willing to say, and to take the next step with him. Jesus, we pray that you would use this time to speak to us. And I pray that you would be glorified. In your name we pray. Amen. In the book of First Timothy, chapter 1, verse 12, 1 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 12, Paul is writing a letter to Timothy, <clears throat> young Timothy that he calls his spiritual son, uh, a boy who has accepted Christ and who maybe like many of you, his mother accepted Christ, his grandmother has trusted Christ, and they've raised him in the faith. And so he's not straight off real far. He's, he's been raised in a, in a good, wholesome home. He's learned the Word of God. And now he's become a young man. We're not exactly sure how old he is, if he's 18, 19, 20, maybe 21 years of age. And his spiritual mentor, his spiritual father, Paul has left and gone on a missionary journey. And so Timothy has been left to basically take care of the church of Ephesus. And the church of Ephesus is a lot still like churches today. It's not perfect. There's some great things that have happened, but they've got some problems. They've got some doctrinal issues and some people that uh, have some ego problems, uh, just like a lot of churches are today. It's interesting when you go back and you look at the uh, New Testament, a lot of times we like to think of, oh boy, if it was just like all those churches. Well, a lot of those churches struggle too, uh, because it was the birthing of a, of a new faith, of a new religion, of a new relationship with God Almighty through the person of Jesus Christ. And as it transpires, as the Holy Spirit comes upon them, uh, many people were just kind of spectators watching things. Uh, many people brought their baggage into the church with them. And many people had radical transformation. And some were just there for uh, their own purposes. And Paul will say to Timothy, look, I know you're young. And I know you're going to see some folks that are older than you and some folks that have some strange ideas and some folks that are really jacked up. I mean, they're messed up. But he said, I want you to know something. They're not any more messed up than I was. And so I want you to know that the power of the gospel can change lives. The power of grace can change lives. So I want you to understand this, Timothy. So as you're doing this, you can have the confidence that it's not about you. It's about what Jesus can do through you. It's about what Jesus can do to transform and change lives. And so I want you to understand that, Timothy. So that's why I call the title of this story, 
the, the sermon, the powerful story of grace. And then we're going to literally see the power of grace. You're going to see people who uh, God has worked through and done miracles. And you're going to see people who are still struggling. They're still struggling with uh, with the death of a, a loved one. They're still struggling uh, with finance. They're still struggling with multiple different things. And so many people will have those struggles. And so what we're saying here at Rock Point, we're not saying everybody's fixed and everything's great. You follow Jesus and boy, it wipes out all your problems. The Bible never teaches that. What the Bible does teach is that Christ will walk with you through those valleys. He will sustain you by his righteous right hand. That he will make sure that not more comes upon you than you can handle. Even though sometimes we may wonder. And Paul is communicating that message to young Timothy as well. In verse 12, Paul says to Timothy, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me faithful, appointing me to be his servant. He's saying, you know what? Let me tell you something. This is about Jesus. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about them. It's about Jesus. It's about the one who has saved us. It's about the one who can transform us. And so you always have to remember that because on your own, you won't transform anybody's life. You won't change anybody's life. It'll only be through the power of Jesus Christ. And he said, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. Paul says, look, you're not going to find anybody that was a harder case than me. You're not going to find anybody that was more adamantly against the gospel than me. I was violent about it to the point that I would have people beaten and killed. I was uh, uh, impatient. My life was consumed with the destruction of Christianity. I didn't believe it all. Not only did I believe, I was angry and I wanted to see it destroyed. That's who I was. Remember that, Timothy. That's who I am. I'm the one who led you to Christ, and that's who I was. So when you come up against these folks who seem strong or seem distant or seem hard, I have to tell you, I was harder. But the gospel changed me. The grace, and he goes, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief, and the grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. You see, it was God's grace that was poured out on me along with His mercy and His love. And, you know, I experienced it, but it didn't. It took some time. The transformation takes time. Recognize that sometimes people come and they trust Christ. And that's the first step. But it takes time. But let me tell you, if they truly encounter Jesus, things will begin to change, even if it's slowly. It doesn't mean I become perfect, and you'll see that this morning. It doesn't mean that you become perfect. But it means that you have a new purpose. A new purpose in life. And Jesus says right here, But for this very reason I was shown mercy so that me, the worst of sinners, Christ might display the unlimited patience and example of those who would believe in him and receive our eternal life. God wanted to redeem all my junk. All the hardness, all the anger, all the violence. God wanted to redeem that. 
And he has redeemed that. And God wants to redeem your life today. You may be saying, I, I don't understand why I'm in the position I'm in. I don't understand why I've gone through what I've gone through. Can I tell you that when we receive Christ, either in this earth or in the life to come, and I believe primarily in this earth, that God has the power and he will redeem all things. He redeems all pain. He redeems all injustice. And though we may not see it or understand it or feel it, it doesn't mean He's not working. And He wants to use your experiences. He wants to use your story. Whether it's like Timothy, who grew up in the faith and never really struggled that we see. Or if you're like Paul, who was adamantly against the gospel. Whether you were an addict or whether you've been crushed by pain or sorrow, God wants to redeem it. He wants to redeem it all. And He does redeem as we open ourselves up to Him. That's what you're going to see this morning are people who say, God, I want you to redeem my pain. I want you to redeem my struggles. Up to this, up to this point, before I trusted you and before I committed my life to you, it was just destroying me and destroying others. But God, today, I don't want to live in that past. I want to live in the redemption. And, and I'm, I'm at the place where if it means uh, sharing that so that others might be strengthened, so be it. This morning's devotion, if you have it, our Rock Point devotions, which are free outside, it says this. It says, it feels good to live without shame. That doesn't mean you never stumble. It just means that by God's grace, you get back up. Do you remember when you used to get a permission slip to miss school? Some of us have given ourselves a permission slip to be weak because we've become weak in the fight. And yes, it's a long fight and life is hard, but you can win if you want to. And here's one of the keys to victory. It's found in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 6. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. If you are struggling to break a habit, that's trying to break you, God never intended for you to do it alone. Whatever your habit or struggle may be, the moment will come when you have to tell on it. There has come a place where you say, God, this is where I am, this is who I am. And God, I want you to redeem it. I want you to change me. And God, I, I need help. And and that means going to someone. I doesn't mean going to everybody. But going to someone and saying, I, I need help. Will you pray for me? Will you keep me accountable? Will you help me not make destructive decisions? Would you help me have some boundaries in my life? And when you begin to pray for me, and we want to help you with that at Rock Point. We want to help you with that as a church. But you have to take that first step. And certainly Paul took that major step. He said, I, I'm a display. I'm a picture of God's unlimited grace. And he goes on, he says, to those who would believe and receive eternal life. He said, some have come to eternal life because they go, I remember that guy. I remember what he was like, or I knew, I know what he did. I know what he went through, and he's different. He's changed. You know what the real gospel is? It's life transformation and people seeing it. And then it's matched with our words. That's real gospel transformation. And then he gives a praise. Now to the King eternal and mortal and invisible, the only God, be the honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul is in that place where he had a high level of education. It's gone because no one respects him where he is. He's in a blue-collar church and blue-collar faith, and nobody cares about his education. 
He probably did quite well financially because of his level in the government, but that's gone. And he's having to ask for money and beg for it sometimes, almost to a point, for others. Paul has lost his position. He's lost his authority. He's lost his friends. He's lost basically everything. And he's traded it all in. He calls it rubbish. He's traded it all in for the unsurpassable glory of Christ. And here he is giving praise when he lost everything earthly that we would value materialistically, that we would value socially or positionally. And he's now giving praise to God. And he's now changed his life. And he's redeeming all the violence. He's redeeming all the harshness. And saying, you know, from this point on, God, I will give it to you. You take control of my life and I will give you my life. Even when people are crazy, even when people don't treat me well, even with people I've tried to invest my life in, God, because I believe in your power and I believe it's true. And I've seen the power of the gospel. So this morning, we want you to see a picture of what the gospel does. That it doesn't make people perfect. And it's not a magic wand to wipe everything away. But it does give forgiveness and hope and transformation and purpose, which glories God, brings glory to God, which is our primary purpose in which we're going to be most fulfilled when we're bringing him glory. That is our purpose. Let's pray together. Father, as we pray to you this morning and recognize our need, God, as we see the testimonies of others who are trusting you day by day, some who are in the very midst of a difficult time, some, Lord, who've overcome addiction, some who've trusted you even as, uh, even this week, some who've trusted you this year, who've placed their faith in you, some who've had to work through so many issues. Lord, we just give you praise and Lord, we just invite you to speak to us now. And Lord, if there's someone here in this service this morning that identifies with someone who's walking across this stage. Lord, I pray that you would give them the faith to take the step and say, hey, let me pray for you, or can you pray for me? Or, I understand where you are. Lord, let this be a time where we minister to one another in the body so that you might be glorified. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen.